Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you. That, that. Hey. Oh, man. Actually, hey. yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, you got a big storm going on because uh, we're, we've been, as we prepared to go on the air, we could hear some of the thunder in the background. And we've actually seen a chunk of drywall fall down from your ceiling. So you might want to get that. Leak yeah, you're fixed. referring to mine. Yes, yeah. Um, yes. we have. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> there goes the kitchen. Hey, by the way, we have Tony Logue, an up-and-coming yes. uh, singer-songwriter hey, Tony. from hey, Tony. Benton, hey, Very excited to have him on. Um, and uh, by the way, Casey Campbell, our wonderful music producer, finds people really all over the country, and it's just a, a wonderful parade of these up-and-coming. Uh, performers writing their own stuff. So uh, Megan will be talking to Tony in the last third of our program. So be sure to stick around for that. And the heart of the podcast is always, we say this regularly, uh, some analysis or comment that Jerry makes on topics. And uh, my God, the topic for this one is frankly very dark because there was, there were two, not one, but two horrific mass shootings and i'm sure jerry's going to kind of pull them together into one theme but uh the first was in buffalo and then we just have one and we're recording this on the 31st of may 2022 and so just a few days ago in uvalde texas at a elementary school there were 19 children and two teachers who were murdered and it'd be easy uh, and tempting to focus only on that and then forget about what happened in Buffalo. Right, Jerry? Right. And so, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's so, why I'd like to talk about Buffalo first. Good deal. Um, you know, I don't want that suddenly diminished in our minds because of the horror of, you know, okay. Uvalde. And Makes sense. yeah, we'll talk about both. Um, you got it. But ever since the horrific events of a couple of weeks ago in Buffalo, where a teen referencing his support for the blatantly racist white replacement theory, slaughtered 10 people, nine of them of color, with his modified semi-automatic rifle. Ever since then, the news has been inundated with commentary as to who, in addition to the shooter, is responsible for this terror. In other words, upon whose hands is their blood? Predictably, all those accused have denied it or hidden from microphones and cameras, because to be honest, there's nothing believable they can say. The usual suspects upon who the spotlight shines, white supremacist organizations, the GOP, Fox News, and Tucker Carlson, their response gravitates between, of course we don't support violence, to this is all a result of Democrats seeking to expand their vote by bringing people of color, immigrants, legal and otherwise, into our country. Let me first say, if Republicans and right-wingers really believe this, then a greater effort at improving their policies toward minorities might alleviate their worry. But regarding their denial of responsibility for the mass shooting, except for the avowed white supremacists, 
I am willing to believe that, yes, while most of them, of course, don't support violence, it's not rational to believe that their words, their speeches at rallies, their paid political ads, their nightly cable shows, that those words don't inspire a response. And in a nation of over 330 million people, is it not obvious that there are at least some loose cannons, some mentally unstable people, some hardened racists that will be only too happy to take the oft-repeated diatribe of the right wing to a new level? Will not some crazy people believe that there is no racial hatred that can't be satiated by a newly converted assault rifle? Surely, people who make their living in front of a camera or political leaders who make theirs on the stump know full well the effect of their words. They spend millions each ratings period or campaign season getting those words out. Why would they do that if they didn't think their message would have any effect on the listener? Of course they know that they do. For example, every poll shows that nearly half of all self-identifying Republicans actually believe in the white replacement theory, a theory that proclaims if we don't shut the gates and build the walls and stop the immigration from Mexico, South America, Africa, Asia, and the Middle East, well, then these non-white folks will soon replace white people who consequently will no longer be the majority in the United States. First of all, the theory is an absurdity. America, as every school child learns, is a nation of immigrants. As a consequence, our demographics have always been shifting as new people driven by necessity or attracted by the shining light of freedom emanating from the torch of Miss Liberty unceasingly sail, fly, or flee to our borders. If this was the magnet that outdrew our ancestors, why would it not draw others today? Of course people want to come here, replacing no one, just adding to, joining, and revitalizing the lifeblood of this nation we like to brag about. In fact, the only replacement that ever did occur here was when we Caucasians started coming over here in the early 17th century, slaughtering and throwing the Native Americans off their land. Other than that, the wave of new people, be they Italians, the Irish, Asians, Africans, Catholics, Jews, Muslims, yes, they may have faced some resistance at first, but the people already here were never forced to leave the country or replace. Have you ever flown over our country? Are we really out of room? But of course, there is no logic to the great replacement theory. It is merely a racist attitude driven by the fear that, oh my God, 30 years from now, we whites may no longer be the majority. And what's the issue? It's true. The combination of immigration, intermarriage, and birth rates may well result in most citizens having some color in their skin pigmentation. We pale faces won't be the majority anymore. So what? Maybe then we won't be judging people or treating them differently because of their skin tone. I mean, how bad is that? I don't mean to be flippant here. After all, there is a serious observation to be made. But why are some people so afraid of not being the majority race in America? Could it be an admission that being a minority in America 
means that you're not treated well or fairly or equitably, that you're then a, setting, a second class citizen, hmm, maybe we can start rectifying that. Maybe we can stop supporting politicians or TV personalities who pollute our culture with fear, disrespect, and animosity towards those who pray differently, speak differently, and look different than English-speaking white Christians. Imagine a country where being in the minority didn't matter. Imagine America, at least as it's intended to be. So no, only one deranged racist pulled the trigger in Buffalo. But until the rest of us stop supporting leaders who reach for the worst instincts of human nature so as to garner votes and ratings, the drive to keep pure what is called America's white bloodlines will inevitably result in blood on our white hands. Yeah. Yep. Sadly true. Add to yep. it, Jerry, the uh, gun preoccupation. Of course, uh, assault rifle was used by yes. the uh, racist punk in that killing. He's still alive. He gave up. He'll get tried. Uh, and then you have what happened several days ago where a kid, he, he's dead because they killed him. And he also had an AR-15 uh, with you know, huge magazines and uh, backpacks full of ordnance in these big magazines. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Well, what are your thoughts on the the continuation of of the the gun gun obsession in America? And do you think there's any chance this time we may have hit a critical mass where uh, something's going to get done? Remember, Mitch McConnell says that. Uh, a, sen a Republican senator is meeting with a Democrat senator, Cornyn, with Murphy, and they are starting a, a serious dialogue. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm a little more optimistic, uh, but not, not over 50% that it, something yeah. major is going to be done. I, I, I've reached the point, which I assume most people have reached, that, uh, you know, the thoughts and prayers and all that, Great. But we, it's on us. And there is a solution to this. And we know the solution. When I say we, 90% of America agrees on the solution, but we don't do anything about it because we keep electing these people. We know 90% of America would be fully supportive of the idea that you are not allowed to buy, sell, or um, possess an assault weapon. 90% of America would say yes to that. 90% of America believes we ought to have background checks, universal background checks, no exception. So on most of the issues that have to do with the mass slaughters, not that you know, other people, there won't be some people being killed, but nowhere, Nowhere along the mass killings that we're having now, we all agree on it. So how do you stop it? I would start next week. And, you know, we've got all kinds of billionaires in this country. I'm not making a joke now about just wealthy people, but I'm saying we've got the money to run a national campaign 
every single day on all kinds of media where every single Congress, congressman, senator, state legislator, governor, everyone, these are the people that no matter what your party, no, mem- no matter if the person is your best friend, no matter if he's a relative in office, we all promise and we all will vote in this next election against that person. No other considerations on any other issue. Now, if you vote those people out of office, you'll probably be happy with some of the other votes that will go along with that. But that's not the issue. You want to stop gun violence? Make it so that no one, and that's God supporting me in the background. It's a lot of lightning. Is that lightning? Yeah. Okay. So no one, no one should be allowed to serve in public office if they won't vote against assault weapons and against um, universal background checks. And you have to be 21 to, to have a gun. Those things, everyone, virtually everyone agrees on. And there's no constitutional argument against it. The Second Amendment absolutely permits reasonable regulations. You're not allowed to have a a grenade launcher as as your weapon or a a grenade or or a little nuclear bomb or whatever you made. I mean, of course we're allowed to. Having a militia has nothing to do with, that doesn't mean you can't ever have any kinds of serious regulations. You have a constitutional right to free travel but that doesn't mean before getting on an airplane based on what happened in, um, in um, 9-11 that all of a sudden we have to go through, you get, you know, you get searched or whatever before you get put on a plane. So what all kinds of constitutional privileges and rights we have, you're allowed to have some regulation. So let's every day in your community will be the picture of this congressman who refuses to vote for the legislation that would ban assault weapons, for example. Now, as soon as that congressman or senator or state legislator issues a statement saying that he he, um, is committed to voting for the ban of assault weapons, he gets removed from that ad. And, and And the voters are told that, you know, you don't have to vote against this person. So we know how to do it. If, you know, if, if all of a sudden everyone was raping seven-year-old little girls, there'd be some legislation and no one would vote for a person that would do that. No one would. That, that would permit that, I'm sorry, that would permit that and make it uh, not illegal to do something that horrible. So why do we continue to reelect politicians just because they're of our party, just because we like them on other issues, when they won't do the most sensible, sensible thing in the world, which says, We don't need assault weapons in America. If you want to give them to the military, that's fine. It's a military weapon. But for civilians to be walking around with and and, and to be able to carry their guns wherever they go, this is nuts. This is crazy. So no more speeches about thoughts and prayers and let's have a commemoration and let's throw flowers at the the site. I mean, good Lord, what what is that going to do?
on the politics of it, and by the way, I'm glad you mentioned polling and the numbers I have are a little different. I just heard a poll today, uh, but your point is largely made. It was in the high 80s for things like uh, red flag laws, easy stuff, background checks. That's easy stuff. I mean, nobody should be against that. And it was like 88 uh, percent lowering the voting age, the uh, purchase age down to 18, as we have with tobacco. I mean, that that's the easy stuff. Now, assault rifles. Your point is still largely made. It was like nearly 60% high 50s of Americans said, no, you know, w- w- those those should be out of here. And by the way, uh, the gun people want to make us think that everybody's got guns and everybody's now buying more guns. No, about a third of American households have guns in them. About a third, that's all. Two thirds don't. Two thirds of America are not gun owning people. And when more Guns are being sold. You know who it is? More of the same people buying more guns. They're like gun crazy. They're in love with their guns. But Jerry, on the politics of it, and you know this better than I do, the Constitution, and I don't don't want to sound like Donald Trump, but this is the truth, is kind of rigged. And it's kind of rigged in a way that has allowed Republicans to win offices and then govern, and this is your point, against the will of the people. And it's done because every state gets two senators. You've talked about this before. The result of that is that small population areas, small population states, I'll give just a couple examples, North Dakota, Alaska, Montana, They have the same number of senators sitting, making decisions for our laws and deciding who's on the Supreme Court, that relates to Roe v. Wade, and to this gun issue. And then gerrymandered districts have favored Republicans. So even in larger population states, take Ohio, for example, Florida, for example, they used to be swing states. They have gerrymandered congressional districts. So they then end up with a disproportionate amount of power there. Then add to it the third branch of government, the executive, where it's an electoral college that picks the president. When is the last time Republicans won the popular vote with a president? It's been a long time. Trump was not popularly elected. George W. Bush in his second term was not popularly elected. No, since 1988, you're right. Since 1988, only once has the Republican candidate for president gotten the most votes, and that was in 2004. That's the only time. Um, But on that point, you're right. Except on guns. Here's the thing. Congress, even now it's it's, it's a small majority for the Democrats in Congress, but Congress is willing to do that even now. And they'll get some Republicans on the gun thing. Some moderate Republicans will do it. Now, the Senate is the problem. You're right. Mm-hmm. But the reason the Senate isn't doing it is because McConnell has won't permit a vote on it. There are an awful lot, not an awful lot, but certainly enough to reach the 60 threshold, if that's what you needed. But there are enough Republicans, if there was a vote, there are enough Republicans from states that have relatively close, that are purple states, that have a relatively close election and can't afford, because in there, even red states, there's a large urban community, you know, a big city or two. So 
But he the doesn't control whether there's a vote. Schumer it's, controls whether there's a vote. Right. There will be a vote. There will, right, there will be. But uh, McConnell hasn't permitted the Senate to take it up. Now he's feeling the heat. And I am saying if every United States senator was suddenly called to task on assault weapons and, as you said, the low-hanging fruit of uh, uh, red flag laws, red flag laws purchase aged 18. Right. And background checks, et cetera. Check. On those issues, if there is a vote permitted in the Senate. Well, wait, why wouldn't there be a vote permitted in the Senate? You're de- because the Senate, because the, the, the majority leader in the Senate decide what's what comes up for a vote. Jerry, you're forgetting. We hold with Kamala Harris, the majority in the Senate. It used to be that. Yeah, but we have two Democrats that don't go along. Well, well but but the, we, we will. Well, have, that's a, and one's from good. West Virginia and the other's from Arizona. Well, but we're, uh, we're going to no, we're going to. Ha- I think we're going to have a vote on it. And one last point on this, too, by the way. And this is coming from a lifelong educator. And, and this relates more to the Uvalde case than the Buffalo case. But there's been a lot of chatter post that shooting. Uh, it continues to be chatter about arming school personnel, teachers, counselors, yeah. administrators, lunchroom cooks, etc. cetera. And uh, the, I got to tell you something. <clears throat> that case, you had 19 armed officers, highly trained, highly equipped, great planning, standing in a hallway for who knows how long, upwards to an hour. And they were all afraid to enter that room. Yeah. Because there was a man there who was out arming them till later. They eventually came with enough firepower. They think that Gene Galvin, I'm an ex-educator, was an educator for many years in public schools. And I have guns. I have a long gun and I have a a handgun. So I'm the kind of person they would look to and say, Gene, bring your gun to school and be one of our marshals or whatever they want to call me. They think that I should stand up to somebody like that arm that way. And I should put my ass on the line and my skills and my firepower. When they stood in the hallway for up to an hour. Yeah, that's freaking ridiculous. Sure. That's actually a cowardly proposal. And so every educator listening to me, I beg you, join me, an ex-educator, and tell them all to stuff it. Tell them to get it together. Of course, the ultimate solution is not to bring in more firepower or have stupid ideas like one door to every school with Senator Cruz. Just stupid stuff. Get these guns out of here and particularly these assault weapons and shame these people into finally acting, including our senator, Democrat senator from West Virginia and our Democratic senator from Arizona. I'm fed up with it all. And and we keep going through this, and I just want to know what what halfway intelligent person, what, what, what does any parent that has, you know, well, parent obviously has kids, otherwise they wouldn't be parents. Um, what parent would think it's a good idea that people have assault weapons? And if you think it's okay, what kind of a parent are you? 
it's I'd be I would be interested to go back and we've been doing this podcast for what, six years, seven years now. I would be very interested to go back and see how many times we've talked about this on this show. So right. Megan. In the last six years, like it's, it's gotta be disgusting. I mean, at this point, (laughs) nothing. And we just don't do it's the same conversation every single time. It's infuriating. And we keep putting the same people back in office. The same people. Why piece of analysis and on, you know, a a cable channel. Um, And so that's my reference. I'm not saying it's I I can't even cite who this came from that said that Mitch McConnell figured out with the leak (coughs) of the Supreme Court ruling and fearing that it's going to go down that way where uh, six of nine uh, Republican Supreme Court justices are going to turn back a 50-year precedent. And he knows, and Jerry, this is back to the polling, that the vast majority, and that's your point, the vast majority of people want action on guns. Not to take everybody's gun away, but sensible restrictions. And you made the argument, the Second Amendment is not uh, pure, and it never was pure and can't be pure. So Mitch McConnell knows that America is getting very pissed off at Republicans or will be if they turn back Roe v. Wade and they'll have one huge bonfire burning. And then this situation happened. Yeah. And Democrats are wisely making assault weapons, pushing it to the forefront. And he knew that it was a bad setup for the midterm elections to have two clear incidents where the Republican Party rules against the will of the American people. And that's my point, ruling against the will of the American people. And he told the senator from Texas, go negotiate. He wants, and that's why I'm I'm a little more optimistic, by the way. I do think out of this could come some some serious, uh, easy decisions, the ones we've talked about, lowering the purchase age to 18, red flag laws, meaning you're looking out for people who have some signal, and it wouldn't have helped in, in the Uvalde case because there was no signal from that kid, even though he's, he's insane, obviously. But and, there were. And, I mean, there were the Facebook posts. There were all sorts of things. There were all yeah. sorts of red flags with this guy. Well, like maybe. The- maybe that was enough. I mean, he wasn't uh seeing a counselor for example he had not made uh threats he actually did on a that rather narrow uh social media entity which i'm not familiar with uh i don't know if you were megan but mm-hmm. they referenced this conversation he was having with this girl from germany mm-hmm. uh and maybe in what we can't really do anything to her she doesn't even live in our country but she should have yeah. dropped the dime on this asshole but she didn't uh but i'm a little more optimistic that maybe because I actually do think, guys, maybe I'm stupid, but I do think that critical mass is going to happen. It's critical mass where there's been, and I know, and you make a good point, Megan, how many, you know, I'm thinking of Marjorie Stoneman and, and, uh, and I don't know, Paducah Sandy goes Hope, back a little farther. Hope, yep. But there have been a lot of them. And a lot of them are small enough that, I mean, there there's a list that, 
I saw the other day of the schools what? in the in the New York mm-hmm. Times, the, yeah. the whole front page of the uh, Sunday Review. Yeah. Uh, news of the was Week all of Review. them uh, legally attained, oh, legally yes, attained, legally obtained. Yep. Yeah. So oh, look, I understand all the, the the mental health issues. We've got to look out. Where are the clues? Where are the hits? All of that is important. But we can't use it as an excuse not to realize that when someone has an assault weapon. I'm with you. Yes, that the numbers of, of dead people within the first three minutes. That, that's my yeah. point about expecting an educator with, you know, I, yeah. have, I have on the other side of this wall behind me a 45 pistol. So it mm-hmm. shoots 45s. And it was years ago, the favorite of police officers. And it'll kill somebody, I suspect. I have it for grizzly bear defense in Alaska. But I got it and I know how to shoot it. And I and I put 454 Kazools in it because it'll fire both. But 45 would be a good, easy to shoot. Well, I'm not going to go up successfully against some guy with an AR-15 with a backpack full of large magazines. Yeah. And yeah. again, hey, by the way, more children have died from mass shootings in schools. The total number than all of the people who have died in in the the war zone of Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, in American wars. We've lost more yep. people I mean, Americans it's killed by guns. Well, and by- Gene, you talk about critical mass. We're reaching critical mass. But at what point is that going to be reached? And how many times is this going to have to happen again where there finally is critical mass? Like I'm, I'm hoping people? maybe uh it, it might have to be piece by piece but i actually i do believe that out of this uh and it's because of what i just said i think mitch mcconnell's getting scared yeah. he thinks that they the republicans are looking like maniacs and he knows he if he doesn't handle these two issues right i've named them yep w- women's reproductive decision making uh power Autonomy. And yep. the death of children, he, if he doesn't handle these right, yeah. he's got a tiger by the tail. I think he knows it. I think there's going there. I think there are going to be votes on some of these things I'm calling the low hanging fruit. And we'll get those done. And then I just w- w- know there's going to be some, another one and another one and another one. And well, it'll make any not- politician think, see, I think if we get it through. For the 2022 election, and I'm talking sheer politics, because, yeah. you know, when they say after this happens, so let's not get politics involved in this. This is a tragedy. This is awful. It is only politics. Only politics. That is the reason these kids are being killed now, because we're not, we, we haven't yep. passed any protections for them. And, so and it, it is yeah. politics and we've it got is. to fix it and we fix it by voting these people out. And if they are, if at least some of them or enough of them are voted out in this election. From then on, every, the next election that comes up, every politician is going to think twice rather than getting down on bended knee uh, before the NRA and saying, we'll do whatever you want. We'll do whatever you want. We're sorry. We'll. Take Texas, for example. I don't care how many people are killed with AR-15s, or this, I'll put it in a question, no matter how many people are killed by assault rifles with huge magazines, do you think that Texas, for example, and then I could rattle off all the other uh, red states, 
that they're going to vote out their senator and put a Democrat in? Well, that's some states no. Some states no. But there are enough purple states. There are enough states where the elections, even though it's a red state, the election is relatively close. If people come out and vote on the gun issue, if they, yeah, they just do. vote on that issue, I think there are enough Republicans and even some of the uh, softer Democrats like um, Manchin, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, there are enough that will think twice, of, you know, and they'll be supportive of reasonable uh, gun control legislation. Yes, I do think there's enough. No, of course not. That, you know, you're never going to get... Uh, Texas crazies um, in the Senate. Um, but, you know, we, we don't need that. We just need to get some of the more responsible ones. You just yeah. need to get the Romneys of the world that even though they're conservative, they're Republican and all of that, they do have an in, inner moral core that realizes the slaughter of children is not worth so that a guy can stand in front of the mirror holding an AK-47 and look, you know, and wow, man, I look tough. Don't mess yes. with me. You know, I mean, all this just absurdity. America, the one country in the world where we kill our own people. You know, it, it's just unbelievable. How it could have. You wonder, what will the impact be in Ohio? We had J.D. Vance uh, endorsed by Donald Trump, mm-hmm. uh, a Marine ex-Marine, and I have not heard him speak on this issue, so I don't know where he stands. I suspect he is going to be against anything like abolishing uh, uh, assault rifles. And by the way, what was it? In two, up until 2000 and something, they were banned. Mm-hmm. And then it 2002, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. They all so, want to go back to the good old days. Well, in the good old days, the weapon was banned. That, that so, weapon was banned. And yeah, they just uh, yeah. it ran out. And the Republicans held the Senate at that point when it ran out. Look, Vance won't change his vote. But if all well, he good, gets but that's is the how base, maybe he won't beat him. And maybe that's how he loses. Maybe yes. he suffers on that issue. Right. Because Ohio, Jerry, I'm, I'm just rolling with your point, could be that profile of the state yes. where... It could have influence on that election between Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance. Exactly. It could become a factor. Right. Because there are, you know, Ohio is now a little bit more of a Republican state. However, there are a a good part of the Republican Party in Ohio are are moderate Republicans. They're Procter and Gamble types. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. But they're business types or whatever. And they love their children and they're not, you know, showing up at the PNG headquarters every day carrying assault weapons. Right. So, you know, there could be uh, corporates, they're country club yes. people, they're suburban. And, and so there is a chance that we can get some Republican votes on this. It's so it's purely political right now. And that's yeah. why we can't say don't talk politics when you have this disaster. The only way we're going to cut into it. Not eliminate all murder in America, but certainly cut the rate of the shootings and the killings and, and uh, children being frightened. What kid, if you have a young child or a young grandchild, have you really not had that discussion in your home in the last two weeks? We have. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you not talk about that You know, yeah. with your kids? Is that going to happen here? The, the school, every school principal now, wherever they are in the country, 
is having meetings with the staff. You know, what do we tell the kids? What, what safety protocols do we have here? You know, you know more about that than I do, Gene. No, that's um, all true. Yeah. So everyone is, is, is rethinking this. And so now I think it's the time to move in and make sure these people don't get reelected unless they change their position on guns. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Gene and Jerry. That was very, a very enlightening conversation. And let's hope um, from your lips to God's ears there, Jerry, that some of this changes here soon because we can't, we just can't go through it again, man, these families. Um, so moving on a little yes. bit lighter, a little bit lighter of a topic. We do have our musical guests here this evening. And with us tonight, we do have Tony Logue. Welcome, Tony. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Tony. Glad to be here. And you are joining us from Western Kentucky. Is that correct? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. West Kentucky. Uh, yeah. As far west as you can go. Yep. <laughs> well, welcome. Um, so how long, let me just get into some of this because I know you have some music to play for us, but how long have okay. you been playing music and what what inspires you? And and uh, tell us a little bit about you and your feel and your sound. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been been at it for a good, good bit now. I don't know, uh, 15, 20 years, probably. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, since I was a kid. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just a songwriter, you know, just uh, that's pretty much it. Was you it know, in just, your family? Just, Did any family members play or are you just <clears throat> kind of around it in the area? Uh, not really. Not really. No, just uh it's a Kentucky thing. That's for sure. There's a lot of, yep. there's a lot of, a lot of something in the water in Kentucky. I think a lot of songwriters around here, a lot of, a lot of good ones, but uh, yep. how great old storytelling. You you, how old were you when you got your first guitar? Oh, shoot. Uh, no, don't, don't. Know. Was, we don't talk about shooting on the show. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. 10, I don't know. 12, something like that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So now do you yeah. play, um, are you just by yourself? Do you have a band? Tell us a little bit about your sound and what we can uh, expect yeah. from tonight. Yeah. No, I do. Uh, I have a band. Uh, I've had the same band for shoot, uh, a couple of the guys been with me for about, I don't know, 12, 14 years now since we were kids, seems like. But uh, That's awesome. yeah, and I, and I play, I play by myself as well, you know, just uh just trying to tour, you know, and navigate the challenges of a touring musician. So I, I go at it both ways, you know, just whatever, whatever fits. Yep. Very yeah. Cool. So the song that you are going to share with us this evening is called Callaway County. Um, yeah. Tell us about this song. How long, how long ago did you write it? Uh, Callaway County. I probably wrote this song. I don't know. A couple of years ago now it's on a record, a new record. I got out. It came out in January. It's called Jericho. So uh, Jericho. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, we have Callaway County here by Tony Logue off of the Jericho album. Enjoy. Daddy just stood there with blood on his face. I let the screen door slam. Mama said, boy, don't you leave here this way And I told her, don't give a damn He was stiff neck sharp like a razor And he knew how to light my fuse For years I just stuffed all the anger With the 
right hand I turn it all loose The porch swings hang and they're empty The house black as a space The bedroom light hit like beef their bare feet on the clay And I told her I'm done with sawmill And this still fading lane more name I wish to God that I didn't have A drop of that blood in my veins Chop down this family tree. gentlemen you were listening to tony Logue with callaway county um tell us about that album tony uh yeah um just a record that i made back in january with the uh some heroes of mine and then people that i think i can call friends now i don't know just the all-star cast of of individuals and my band was on it as well and uh a guy named sean sullivan produced the record uh uh, Miles Miller that plays uh, plays with Sergeant Simpson sang some, and uh, Tammy Rogers from the from the Steel Drivers uh, 
sang some, played some fiddle, and just just the piecing it all together. So, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's really does cool. It, does a guy ever come up to you, a friend of yours, ever come up to you and say, "Were you referring to me in that song? Is that about me?" <laughs> yeah, that, well, that happens. Yeah. Uh, that happens. Yeah, I think that's the that's the idea, you know, to kind of leave the leave the right holes where people can get into your get into your stories and into your songs and. I think it's kind of That's what you're going to for. It. Yeah. Could you put- tell us where we can hear more of your music, your website, your your social media? Where can we hear more? Sorry, Jerry, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut, cut you off. No, there, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I have a website, TonyLogamusic.com. It's all it's all there. It's on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming platforms, pretty much. Uh, however Very you do cool. music, it, it should be there. Yeah. Tony, Excellent. spell your last name for our listeners so they know how to find you. Your last it's name. L- yeah, yeah, L-O-G-U-E. Logan. There you go. Yeah. All right. It. Well, while you are checking out some more of Tony's wonderful music, make sure that you're swinging by our social media as well. Give us some five-star reviews so that we can continue this public service of podcasting that we bring to you weekly with the insights of Mr. Jerry Springer and Mr. Gene Galvin. And in the meantime, we are actually going to have Tyler Childers and Jerry Springer taking us out with Down by the Riverside. See you guys next week. Thanks, guys.